The following announcements have been paid for by the sponsors of the Hameen Media Group. Hameen Media Group brand management is taking over. Social media, video, audio, design, marketing, and more. HMG Brand Management is proud to be partnered with Vince Russo's The Brand, Stevie Ray TV, Rip Rogers' FR Podcast, Goldilocks, Big Vito Brand, The A-Show starring Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, and now Angelina Love and Velvet Sky, The Beautiful People. Search for all of our HMG Brand Management partners on your favorite podcatchers, YouTube, and of course, Patreon. Support your favorite HMG ring veterans by visiting ProWrestlingTees.com, Dr. Man Beast Ted McNailer, Freak God Papadon, SCG Search from Big Sal, Chris Silvio, Stevie Richards, and of course the Ayatollah himself, Ben Hameen. Hey bro, wake up with the official Vince Russo coffee from Broaster's Coffee. Medium roasted, Nicaraguan blend with chocolatey notes and a smooth finish that'll have you ready to go bro. Available only at thebroasters.com. For a flavorful hashtag RBV Fitness Foodie experience, visit Zorosoliveoil.com. Zordos Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil is exclusively sourced from the Zordos family private 100-year-old olive groves in Greece. Taste the difference and visit Zordosoliveoil.com today. StevieRichardsFitness.com For the most affordable and effective home workout program that'll give you results real results 12 and 16 week resistant band programs are available for instant download now at stevierichardfitness.com russosbrand.com where the pros are pros bro get the most valid takes in wrestling from the pros who live it visit russosbrand.com subscribe to Hacker Hameen and Hameen Media Group on podbeam.com and visit patreon.com backslash Hameen Media Group we now take you to your featured HMG presentation. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. My powers have doubled since the last time we met Count. dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's jealous. He's holding me back. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Aren't the droids were looking for. Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do? Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. Do I only help? Hello there. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Hi, hi, hi. Suffering. Epsi, Epsi, Epsi. Order. 
Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, Jedi, Sith, Mandalorians, Twi'leks, clones, good ones, and bad ones, and yes, even you Transdotions as well, because this podcast is inclusive, equal hate across the spectrum for everybody. Welcome to another... Baba. Welcome to another exciting edition of the New Force Order. Podcast. We're Star Wars Podcast. And if you haven't realized that by now, then you are as dumb as Joey Tell at a wedding looks. But I digress, this is episode 113, we're keeping it fresh and clean. Maybe the fresh, not so clean. But I am one-third of your hosts. But before I introduce myself, I feel a tapping on my shoulder from a Sith Force ghost in the room. All the way... From the Witness Protection Program on Exegol. No, it's not Henry Hill. It's not Sammy the Bull. You know him. It's the big guy, the dark Sith Lord of the podcast. Hit him with that. Hey, yo. And introduce yourself, big guy. Hey, yo. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the dark Lord of the podcast, the Sith Ori, the rampaging Revan Kiss, the Butcher, your boy, Dark Spirit on. Well, who am I? Let me reintroduce myself. My name is Greek. God, Papa <laughs> Don. My name is oh. <laughs> A.K.A. G.G.P. Uh, I am a pro wrestler. I am a Star Wars aficionado. Multi-time champion in a galaxy far, far away. Current heavyweight champion in three different promotions at the same time. I am the Greek God, Papa Don. A.K.A. GGP. Ah, to the Greek, Greek. Ah, ah, ah. Alongside with me, riding, sh- riding shoddy, if you will, in the Millennium Falcon, it is the medical droid, who's not only the doctor of love, but he's also the doctor of thundernomics. <laughs> the guy who steals your girl but really gets off all over your face, neck, and chest by stealing your thunder. Introduce yourself, sir. I am smarter than two and be more technical than FX7, the god of stealing thunder. And the man who just filed a cease and desist against C-3PO because he is, without permission, using my golden rod moniker, Dr. Destroyo, Alex Arroyo. Very nice. Success. Well, it, ladies, it and takes me like a minute to think of these things. By the way, you know that like, I thought of that driving home from work just now. Well, you are very clever and witty, as you are handsome. Pretty and witty. There we go. Well, there was a tag team called uh, Something City. We called them Pretty Shitty, but that was another story for another time. Joe <laughs> <laughs> Tell and Alvin Alvarez. Uh, sure, why not? Um, was a three years and a baby. Three years, <laughs> it's one. It's one ear and three chins. That was the name of the team. But I digress. First and foremost, allow the NFO to wish 
the maker himself, George Mother Effin Lucas, a happy 77th birthday. So, Mr. Lucas, this happy birthday is for you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Boom. Now, before we go any further. 77, dude. Like He's almost 80 fucking years old. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, but he has a great set of hair. He has and a great set of hair. With four billion zillion dollars yeah. he has in his bank account like Scrooge McDuck, he's living the life right now. What's even crazier is the fact that if he's 77 right now and Lucasfilm this year turned 50, that means he was 27 years old when he started Lucasfilm. That's nuts. Yeah. Well, is it though? Most 27-year-olds can't get out of their safe space in 2021 right now. Well, that's the problem. It's 2021, and that's the era we're living in. By 27 in the 70s, you had a house. You were married. You had kids. You had a career. You were making another – and even that, before that, the generation before that, the greatest generation of all time, the World War II generation, at 27, you considered old. Yeah, then you were dead from uh, the war. Or you were dead from your wife because she busted your balls because you were married at 18. That's you know what I mean? But before we go any further, I just want to say because it is his birthday, I want to bring up some news that came out about Mr. Lucas's birthday. The official <laughs> star. Lucas! Senor Lucas. Uh, the official Star Wars Twitter account refuses to recognize George Lucas' birthday. Now, did you see this? I did. And, uh, I don't know if it's the fact that they're just, um, you know, trying to uh, be all inclusive when they're not wishing people a happy birthday, like they didn't wish Billy D or uh, what's his face, uh, James Old Jones a happy birthday, and they're like, oh, well, you Carl know what? The way we can fix this is by not wishing George Lucas a happy birthday, the guy who started this shit. But a couple of days prior to George Lucas's birthday, a Star Wars UK account wished. Domino Gleason, who played Hux, a happy birthday, a couple of days prior from George Lucas. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, I don't know. We have the maker, and then we have the candlestick taker, because I am the spy, right? And he gets the birthday nod, but not Uncle George. Yeah, so, that's, uh, I don't well, know. Is that a slap in the face from Disney, where they're just like, you know, completely want to push away from everything for the OT? I don't know. It's possible. I but mean, I look. Think- that's kind of it's it's really stupid, but that's it is it, it, it is very stupid, and a lot of people are running with the story, or they ran with the story, as far as their little fat little pudgy feet could take them. But they were all saying the same thing. They were ignoring Lucas. They ignored his treatments. They ignore everything in the Luke, everything related to the OT trilogy. Kill the past. Let it die if you have to. To the point where nothing's left to shine. But now. Um, People won't let the past go because that's where the money is, the nostalgia. That's where all of us are emotionally, physically, spiritually, grammatically intertwined with the OT trilogy. Whether or not you're a a generation, what is it called, Uh, a boomer? If you're one of the boomer generation. Okay, boomer. Not boomer, I'm sorry. The millennial generation. And you watch the... 
prequel trilogy is your first entry to Star Wars, you still intertwine with the OT trilogy because it's all about Anakin. Anakin! And him becoming Darth Vader. And Palpatine, which are key figures first introduced in the OT trilogy. So, anyway, um, all the haters are reading into this. I have my own theories about it. I just think they're ignoring Lucas for who he is. They figured if they gave him any shine, uh, it might go to a place where they don't want it to go. And to me, that's bad work, bad booking and bad working. These guys don't know how to work. What place is that? Like, they think the fans will respond on Twitter and say, hey, uh, oh, yeah, oh, now, now you recognize George after you fucked up his trilogy. Exactly. Uh, and I mean, my theory is I think Kathleen Kennedy had a crush on Mark Hamill when he was younger and he paid her no mind. And that's why she's giving him the fucking uh, cold shoulder and the iron fist up his ass on the sequel yeah. trilogy. But that's just my guess. There's no info on that at all. You know? I, I kind of like that theory. Makes sense though, right? Yeah, listen, this is what happens when you know you, you ignore these chicks who suddenly become powerful. You know, well nothing ha- what's worse than what's worse than a woman? Um I don't know. Two? No. <laughs> <laughs> Technically you're right, because two's more than one, but a woman scorned. Oof. Right? Oh no part of that. Trust me. I've been talk there, about, brother. Talk about working stiff. <laughs> and not in a good way. No. So again, this is all hyper um Alleged hyperbole. Hyperbole. We have no news whatsoever about Kathleen Kennedy's man Cre- crush. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy. Kathleen Kennedy's man crush on uh, Mark Hamill. We don't want to get Sparrow upset because we know he's uh, the president of Kathleen Kennedy fan club, and she's his wettest, most voluptuous dream that he loves to have on Exegol when he's on, not <laughs> while he's in his back to tank going gush gush gush. But I think it's time we start. <laughs> I just thought of the graphic for the uh, for the show tonight. Thanks. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, we usually like to start off the show on a good note, but we did with the celebration of George Lucas, the maker. But speaking of down- celebration, hold on. Celebrate good time. Come on. Celebration. Apparently, you know, unfortunately, uh, Star Wars Celebration, which is the, you know, the, the Comic-Con for Star Wars Got canceled last year when I had tickets in August and they had, you know, said the dates were going to be August 2022. They were going to skip 2021, but now suddenly they've pushed the dates back to May of 2021. Uh, so celebration is going to happen in May of 2021. No, it's, and not. Unfor- it's not. What do you mean? No, it's not. Because we're in May of 2021. Sorry, May, May right of now. 2022. I apologize. Yes, you're correct. Um, it was initially going to be August 2022. Now it's May of 2022. And they rolled my tickets over that they'd never, you know, honored because of COVID to the next one. But now I really can't make, because May is a shitty month for me because of all the stuff that's happening at work. I probably can't make celebration in May. So I'm going to have to fucking get my refund and bag my tickets. May 26th to the 29th. Yeah. I think you're going to be sick on those days. I think you got the the black lung. (laughs) I have the black lung. (laughs) Listen. I understand your dilemma, but regardless of whether or not you go, there's only one thing that's for certain, that you're going to spend a lot of Imperial credits on what's going to be dropped on Celebration, whether you attend or not. And um, I got some bad news for you. Please tell me. Well, 
you just came back uh-huh. all the way from Star Wars land there, Sonny, right? Yep. And when you did land down in JFK or LaGuardia, JFK, wherever you did, I don't find okay. LaGuardia. That's terrible. Me too. When you landed back for plebeians in New York. Yeah, right. When you landed down back in uh, JFK and you said, whew, I'm back home. I can go do the, the podcast. I can go back to the ER. Papa Don yeah, missed me. Papa Don missed me. He left me 37 texts in one single day. Well, what you didn't realize is this. You left and lo and behold, Dude. another deadly episode decided Dude. to transpire. And more crazy things at Galaxy's Edge debut as you went bye-bye. You took a powder and we got Ray's Ray! new saber with the yellow blade. Dude. The dark saber decided Dude. to debut. Are you okay, Doc? No, I'm not. You're going to be able to live with yourself. No, I'm not. And also, don't forget, there's also the Princess Leia Saber that debuted, too. That, too. You're right. And also, right. and also, they put out a Boba Fett, like, you know, like a kind of like a toy kit, like a kid kit, which basically you could buy the helmet, which is a different deco helmet than the ones they sold in Toys R Us. And also a jetpack, the Boba Fett jetpack. I don't like I don't like the helmet. The helmet yeah, looks it looks a little kitty. It looks kind of like, you know, very uh, it's very kind of rinky dink, like Ruby's helmet almost. Yeah, it's kind of garbage. But so I, I'm kind of pissed because when I got there, um, one of my friends had texted me and he's like, hey, if you're a Galaxy's Edge, can you do me a favor? Can you pick up a saber for me um, and have it shipped to me in Brooklyn? And I said, well, I'll do you one better. I'll, I'll pick up a saber, but I'll also ship the one I want to pick up as well. And then we'll ship it together. We'll split shipping, which he was very excited about because he's cheap. Um, so I get there and I said, text him. I said, bro, what, Wait, you know, what's he, he, hold on. He's a bird. No. Cheap, 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 He's something different, but we'll talk about it. Anyway, um, he's like, uh, hey, uh, can you pick me up the Jedi Temple Guard Saber? And I said, sure, no problem. Let me see what the story is. I get up there and I say, uh, do you guys have the, the Temple Guard? Like, no, it's been discontinued. Okay. No Saber for you. No Saber for you. So I text him back. I said, well, it's been discontinued. discontinued. Well, and I had to talk to him. Which one do you have? I had to show him the whole fucking thing. And he finally decided on Count Dooku. Which, by the way, when I bought that one, I compared it to the one that I have at home from the Master Series, and it's pretty much exactly the same. Not a lot of difference. And I'm thumbing through the sabers, and they have, like, Luke's saber, like the original one. They have his um, uh, Jedi one, his Return of the Jedi one. They had Ben Solo's one, which is basically a takeoff of his Kylo Ren saber without the side, the side ports. They had Kenobi. They had Mace. Um, they had the, the Ray one that, you know, the Ray, the, Ray. The, 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 the Skywalker one that she broke, that she fixed. They also I'm trying to think what else. they had Vader. Vader, they had Vader, obviously, of course. Um, and I think that's Palpatine. all they had. No, they didn't have Palpatine because I would have gotten that one. They, so they didn't have those. So I'm sitting up there deciding which one to get. And I've got a Luke, I've got a Vader, I got the Mace. Um, last time I bought the Asajj Ventris, which they also discontinued. They had Ahsoka, but I really didn't want the Ahsoka one, so I passed on that one. <laughs> Excuse me. Professional. <laughs> Professional. Jeez, geez, sorry. I didn't want to mute it because I was talking. Um, so I finally decided, I picked up my friend, the, the, um, the, uh, Tyrannus, the Doku, and I picked myself up the Kenobi. 
which is a very beautiful saber. I mean, it's it really is a classic saber. Hello there. And I kind of did it because I was like, all right, I'm here. I'm going to ship it out. I might as well get something. And I, this is one I don't have. How dare you? So, and like you said, literally a week later, they announced that they're doing, they, they released that the uh, three more sabers. The Leia saber, which you had a great idea last week about buying it for my daughter and putting it in a shadow box and putting it in a room, which would have been great. But they had the Ray saber, the Ray's, you know, saber that she debuted at the end of Rise of Skywalker. The yellow one that she based off her staff, which I would have gotten for sure, um, because I think it's a cool saber and it's it's very um, it's very unique in its design. But about five days later, they showed the dark saber, which one thousand percent I would have picked up. I mean, that would have been the one I would have picked up and gone home. And there's no way that my friend would have picked up the, the, the Sidious if this, if the dark saber was there. So I'm kind of pissed that I missed it by a week. Uh, it's kind of like really fucking annoying, but I guess you have to have rolling stock and whatever. Um, but my assumption is that the, the Ray Saber will be there for a while just because she's their integral part of the trilogy and, and it's going to be a Saber that's going to be there when I get back there again, two years from now. So I'm not so worried. You know, I just threw in three different things and you know, sold it hard. Which I said, I said, hello there. You didn't say General Kenobi. Sorry. Yeah, you should be. I should swipe left on your ass. Uh, You can if you like. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to be a power top anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Tremendous. Speaking of power top, tell her I said hello. (laughs) (laughs) She just went to bed. I'm not telling her anything. Anyway. We usually like to start the show with a, a segment that we like to call Marky Mark and his funky TikToks. Yeah. Can you feel it, baby? I can too. It's such a good It's a sweet sensation and a good vibration. Usually we start off with a tweet from the Hamill himself, but now the face that runs the place, no, not Sharon, but Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill, has ventured into the land of TikTok. He said that there was a guy up on TikTok, uh, TikTok doing a fake account. He wanted his fans to know that it wasn't him on the social media site. But then he changed his mind and decided to join and did one TikTok video. And you can follow him on at Hamill himself on TikTok. And and his basically his TikTok video, which was hilarious, says, tell me your dog isn't needy without telling me your dog isn't needy. Hashtag the real Hamill himself. Hashtag demanding doggy. And he he captioned his, you know, that was the caption to the TikTok post. There's a video of him trying to click the mouse and his dog before he was rubbing his dog's belly or whatever. Then he went to click the mouse or the computer. His dog took his paw and swiped his hand. He went to do it again, pushed his hand back onto his belly, did like three or four times, and then he sold it and looked into the camera. It was a cute little video. But that was it. So this week, it's not his funky tweets, but his funky TikToks. Did you see it, Doc? I did see it. I thought it was pretty funny actually when he was doing it. And the dog like uh, seemed to be very uh very loving, and you know, clearly Mark Hamill has given that dog a lot of love, and he wants a lot more from his, you know, force wielding master. master. And you know, when, master. 
the account already has over 600,000 followers. I'm I one of them. Are you really? You're I'm on TikTok? Done. I am on TikTok. So how can we never drop it when we drop the social media links at the end? Yeah, I don't post much shit on TikTok, and I'm not 15, you know? Well, I know you're not 15. And I, you were 15 about 100 years ago. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not doing any TikTok dances on there. You're not looking for Doc on TikTok. No, definitely not. Um, I just, I just mostly, I just mostly use it to follow chicks with really enormous asses who, who twerk, twerk. So, really, and there's one Cajun dude who cooks who's hilarious. Gotcha. Um, so, a lot of news came out this week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I don't know where to begin, but let's oh, roll. Oh, hold on, I want to begin at one specific thing. Apparently, this week. Uh, episode two, Attack of the Clones, which gets a lot of fucking shade, turned 19 years old. Wow. Can you believe that shit is 19 years old, dude? Crazy, isn't it? It's kind of mind-blowing. 2002, right? It came out? Man, it's pretty bananas. Next year's 20th anniversary. I think next year we should do a, a Attack of the Clones review show where we watch Attack of the Clones and break it down. Should do a little watch-along, right? L's to the yeah. Maybe Spear will be back by then and he'll be uh, out of Exegol. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think he has to get his uh his green card to come back into the country. The problem is he's always playing Uno with Homeboy eighty eight, and Homeboy yeah. eighty eight keeps stealing all the green cards. Stealing all the green cards. But um, uh, well, speaking of Mexicans, Andor on <laughs> Disney Plus, right? That was, that was. Let me tell you, potentially the transition of the year. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, impressive. thank you. He didn't even have to climb a wall or go through a tunnel underneath yeah. the border or nothing. It's but he's one here. orange for that for that transition. That's it. Andor the series right now is filming, right? And it will be filming scenes in a place in the UK called Black Park. As soon as it is done filming in Dorset. Now Black Park is a count as a country park in Buckinghamshire in UK, near Pinewood Studios. Uh, that's where Star Wars films a lot of his productions. Both Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker was filmed in Black Park for key sequences in those movies, uh, including Takodana and the, and the Resistance base scenes, respectively. Now, I know that doesn't sound like a big deal, but what's your take on the matter, Doc? Um, they got to film somewhere. Uh, right? Black Forest, Blue Forest, White Forest, doesn't really fucking matter. It doesn't matter. The interesting thing is that Everybody's saying that, oh, Cassian's got a, a new look and he's got wearing a, not his bomber jacket. He looks like Aladdin before he became the prince. Of course he's going to have a fucking new look. The movie takes place like 10 years before fucking Rogue One. What's he going to wear? The same clothes when he's over there? What is he, homeless? Eh, people go bananas about nonsense for no reason. And it, it, clearly it's what a slow What you talk about, yeah. Willis? Clearly it's a slow, a slow news week. Clipping. Definitely. Is. It's always a slow news week. And what's... What these people consider news is not really news. Usually it's common sense and logic, but, you know, they try to stretch it and try to milk it for everything that they can to try to get clicks and uh, views and likes and all that nonsense. But that's that's a society we've transitioned into, a big attention-seeking, whore-based society. But I digress. Uh, our boy, your boy, Doc, my boy, not Shane Helms' boy, Ewan McGregor, a.k.a. Obi-Wan Kenobi, a.k.a. the drunken wizard, call me Ben Kenobi, while he's slurring his words at the bar, uh, says returning to Star Wars as Obi-Wan Kenobi has been absolutely brilliant. Now, this is from People.com. A, a really shitty uh, British accent. Oh, I know. 
Trust me, I know. Sith Lords are a speciality. Are my speciality. <laughs> All right. So, you McGregor sits down with people and he says, I'm not saying anything. You McGregor <laughs> teased about returning to Star Wars character Obi-Wan Kenobi for the upcoming Disney Plus limited series. Uh, the Golden Globe winner turns 50, recently teased his return to Star Wars universe for which he was reprising his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi. There may or may not be cloaks. The actor said on CBS Sunday morning, I'm not saying anything, but to come back and play him again, Obi-Wan Kenobi, had been absolutely brilliant. I'm really enjoying it, McGregor said. The Halston star, and that's the new movie that he's playing, the big uh, fashion guru, designer, whatever, shared that he's been dodging speculation about his return since 2005's Star Wars Re- Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, that was annoying. Every interview I did for, you know, years, people would say, well, the rumor is true. And that, McGregor continued, and I'd have to sort of, I'd have to lie. I'd have to say, well, you know, I don't know. I'd be happy to play him one day again. I'd have to just keep saying. From 2005? Start- but he wasn't hired in 2005. No, that makes no sense. No, he's saying since the end of 2005 yeah. when when he stopped playing Kenobi till now. He was telling the truth at that point. Well, yeah. Well, he said that, uh, I don't know. I'd be happy to play him again one day. I'd have to just keep saying it started looking like I was sort of asking Disney for a job. Like every interview I was asked that, well, I'd be happy to play him again, you know. And it was just a way of like trying not to be dishonest, but at the same time, not telling the truth. McGregor took over the role originally by Alec uh, Guinness. For the prequel trilogy from 1999 to 2005. Um, he also made voice cameos in the role for the latest installment of 2019's The Rise of Skywalker. Then in August 2019, he officially signed for the Disney Plus limited series Obi-Wan Kenobi, which he plays the character on a new adventure 10 years after Revenge of the Sith while watching over a young Luke Skywalker. The costume, in, parent, uh, in quotations, the costume is probably slightly different than you might expect. But to go back to the role, shall we say, is great, McGregor recently told Jimmy Kimmel. It's all still there. It feels good. It's great scripts and great people to work with, and it's great. I'm having a great time. Oh, I'm really? Having a great time. Great. Hayden Christensen has recently been confirmed to re- revive his performance as Anakin Skywalker in the six-episode series, which premieres in 2022. The cast also includes Joel Edgerton, Quilmai... Nanjiani, Maya Erskine, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Moses Ingram, Rupert Friend, or Freen, and Benny Safdie. So that's basic. Oh, wait, there's more. Oh, oh hold wait, on. I just, blew more. A, I just blew a spot, and it was your dog spot because I brought out the peanut butter a little early on that one. Uh, hold on. Let me get back to the link. Jesus. Sorry, people. I didn't mean to do that. I thought the article was over. And speaking of over, but not now. Um, let's see. Uh, Hating Christensen. I just said that part. Hold on. Uh, it all feels okay. He says it all feels good to be coming back to Disney. He said that to Jimmy Kimmel. It feels great. We said that part. Uh, it's basically the same thing. Okay. Never mind. Article over, folks. And speaking of over, so Doc, 
how do you feel about this news thing? That it seems it feels great and brilliant to come back playing Obi Wan Kenobi. If there is anything that I've learned in life is that if you want somebody to do a good job, you really have to hope that they feel good when they're doing that job. So if 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 Ewan is feeling like you know he's on top of the world and he's got a, a, a you know a good a good base when he's doing this Kenobi series, I think we're gonna get the best possible outcome for it. So you're telling me he feels confident because he has the high ground. He has uh, I have the high ground, Anakin. Don't try it. Um, yes. <laughs> which he should have definitely used in that line, which would have been no selling prick. I know which, you like that witty should have been answer just now, and you're no selling it. I'm very upset with you. Anyway, go on. I sold it. I'm talking about it. Um, so for him to to feel good about the role, it means that he's going to put his all into it. Um, you know, we've seen a couple of dialed in like uh, Ewan McGregor uh, things in the last couple of years. Like I don't know if you saw him in that uh, Birds of Prey thing, but that was, was kind of brutal to watch. Wasn't um, that bad? Yeah. Wasn't that great? Wasn't that bad? Kind of sucked. Um, so I'm kind of I'm happy that he's he's feeling good about this role. But again, you know, is he really gonna is he really gonna say, oh, you know, the role is fucking terrible? I can't fucking deal with. Of course not. I mean, <laughs> the guy's working with Disney right now. He's not gonna burn himself. That's just stupidity. That bird, Kathleen Kennedy's a no good wanker. Yeah. Good luck. Oh, no by the way, way did, did you see the video? Uh, I didn't put it into the summary today but it was a video clip of um uh <laughs> hey, hey, the photoshop one of, of him no. to, to tell you about to fuck off yeah yeah <laughs> it, was pretty funny. it was basically uh obi-wan from the um the council scene with anakin um and they photoshopped him from birds of prey telling no, everybody it wasn't birds of prey was it, birds of prey, was it? Was it? i thought it was the uh the new movie that he's playing where he's playing the designer I don't fucking know. Some fucking movie of him telling people to fuck off. And they photoshopped him behind the, you know, sitting at the chair for the council, telling everybody to fuck off when they talked to him. And then Anakin's like, yes, master. <laughs> that was pretty fucking funny. I popped for that one. I popped too. One thing I didn't pop for is this rumor I'm hearing now about Mandalorian season three. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, dude, like I saw this too. And I'm like, there's no, this is such bullshit. Yes, sir. So, so they're talking about the fact that, uh, well, Mandalorian rumor is that Mandalorian season three is going to feature I mean, the return of Daisy Ridley as Ray, which really doesn't make a lot of fucking sense. First of all, um, you know, Mandalorian, as we know, left off right at the point after Return of the Jedi. Um, so it's at this point, you know, what's what's Ray? Uh, Ray! Like, what? like what? Not even? Not even. Um, so I don't know how they're going to include her unless they do this, which they talked about in the article. This massive time jump to jump 29 years to do it. Now, that really would be stupid because, you know, they set up the next season, which is going to be what we're hoping. Um, you know, the, 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 the rule of Mandalore. Is it going to be, is it going to be Sabine? Is it going to be, uh, Dejarin is going to be somebody different. How are they going to play that out? Which I think they could carry a whole, you know, eight issue, eight episodes of that, so we could see where that plays out for sure, hundred percent. I mean, that's it's going to be a great story with Moff Gideon involved in it and the whole nine yards. Why would they time jump twenty nine years to shoehorn a character from the sequel trilogy who people are lukewarm at best about it? Hit, you know, get it? You know, my 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 uh, double entente. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. to 
use her in 29 years later in the Mandalorian? Uh, I I thought the whole article was horseshit. I concur. Wholeheartedly concur with you. I just think because of the fact that they were saying last week that Daisy Ridley was talking to Disney again about reprising the role. They ran with this and they tried to make soup salad out of chicken shit. But you cannot outwork a worker, especially a great worker like the Alpha and Omega of pro wrestling, a.k.a. the governor of real town, not a citizen of Leg Slap City, your boy GGP. Governor of real town, baby. I call bullshit on this, just like Doc. But another rumor transpired this week about another female coming into the Star Wars universe to play Mara Jade. Oh, man. This now is This gonna, this is going to piss me off big time. Well, listen, listen, listen. We spoke about this a few shows back. I don't know how many shows back. But initially, there was rumors about the girl from Jumanji who plays... Um, What's Nebula, her name? Nebula. Nebula. In this, which I think is she's she would be a perfect pick for me for Mara Jade. Exactly. But now they're saying that none other than Captain Wokeness herself, Brie Larson, who in my opinion is very nice on the eyes and oh, is a good really? actress. You think so? Yeah, there's something about her that appeals me to her. But it's her She woke- suffers she suffers from that white girl disease, no acetol. Oh yeah, she definitely doesn't have an acetol. I agree with you on that. But um, just how wokeness is what turns me off because we don't need more feminism and SJW snowflake nonsense in Star Wars. I think Kathleen Kennedy has uh, cornered the market on that and we saw the repercussions from it. So a lot of people are turned off by this news. I don't know how true it is. Doc, what's your take? Do you think it's all horseshit as well? Or do you think there might be some rhyme or reason to this? Well, the, you know, the problem with Hollywood is that you're, you're going you're, you're gonna to run with Things that uh, are kind of hot. And yeah, you know, Captain Marvel, was it a terrible movie? I don't think it was a terrible movie. You know, did she come to the rescue and save the day in Endgame? She did. Um, is she going to get another movie made from her? For sure. It's Marvel. Um, does Marvel like to reward people? I mean, does Disney like to reward people who have been in their stable for a while? Yes. We've seen that happen before. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is actually the case, um, would I be happy? Not necessarily, because um, I'm not a massive Brie Larson fan. I don't really, I don't think she's a great actress. I don't think she would be good for this role. I think we're doing the marriage Jade as a character who everybody's been really hot for and waiting for to show up in live action a disservice by putting her on there because I think that you know the woman who did who did Jumanji would be a much better pick for this. So I'm not so thrilled. Uh, do I like it better than the fact that she's not Revan? Uh, yeah, for sure. Ooh. Exactly. Um, but uh, not so thrilled with the fact that, you know, she may be uh, Mara Jade or whoever Luke's wife is going to be. Okay. Well, there's another actress allegedly in talks with Disney. And this actress is in talks for a specific role. That has not been named as of yet. Now, this is being brought to us by this insider, Daniel Rickman, who's synonymous as being a spot-on scooper. Not a pooper scooper, but a scooper for Star Wars. They're saying that 
Not the person who sings my prerogative. It's my, it's my prerogative. I do what I want to do. Not that Bobby Brown, but Millie, not Vanilli. Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Vanilli Bobby Brown? No. Millie Bobby Brown is in talks to come join the Star Wars IP for a specific role that has not been named. Now, if I had to gander if this story has any merit or if it was factual by any means, I would say that they were hiring her to play Princess Leia, a younger Princess Leia. Now, would it be before episode four? Could be. But could it also be for in between the OT trilogies and more adventures? Who knows? Uh, well, I would we, like to hear what you have to say about this. We've seen a deep fake of like probably a year ago where um, someone got the you know the really smart idea that Millie Bobby Brown looked a lot like Carrie Fisher when she was younger and basically deep faked her face into a lot of the uh, episode four scenes of Carrie Fisher. And it was pretty good. I mean, she, if need be, can pull it off. Um, would that be a slap in the face to Billy Lord, who is actually Carrie Fisher's daughter, who does look quite as much as she does uh, like Carrie Fisher? So I don't know. Um, but uh, I, I, it's hard to say if this is a true or not because I mean, we're not speaking to Bobby, you know, Millie Bobby Brown's agent, but um, she's a pretty popular actress right now she's a good actress you know she's been in stranger things we know that she's been in um that godzilla. Godzilla movie that just came out exactly godzilla and uh she's <laughs> now in you know the first and now they're filming the sequel to that uh, the anola the the anola holmes uh movies that was on netflix which that was like, good i didn't see it yet actually i want to see it she's the younger sister to you know sherlock holmes and is um also a sleuth um I think she's a great actress and she fits the bill for Star Wars perfectly. You know, she's British, you know, the Star Wars love is Brits and um, she's fresh faced and she is a fantastic actress and she definitely has the chops to pull off whatever they give her. But I think the, you know, the biggest iconic role she could get, like you said, would be Princess Leia. And if they were watching a deep fake from a year ago, they would probably do well to make that actually happen. So let me ask you this then, Doc, if you cannot cast her at Princess Leia... Who would you cast her as for oh, this oh, specific role? It's hard to say. I mean, we're we going to look for like an OT thing or I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I would probably put her in a different role that that hasn't been you know fleshed out yet. Nobody that's we can make a Padme, uh, Boba Fett's daughter. Eh, no, um, it's got to be o- Leia. I Omega, mean, a grown-up o- Omega. Omega, Omega. No, um, it's going to be Leia or someone completely different. I think that's the, probably the best thing to do for her. Um, that just makes the most sense to me. Okay. Speaking of sense, uh, did you see the uh, – I know you sent me a photo of um, my one of my favorite Star Wars actresses, uh, Padme Amidala, a.k.a. Uh, Nellie Portman, who was so invested in getting her college degree from Harvard, Harvard uh, in psychology that she was reading her psychology textbooks while she was in full makeup on the set of episode one or two, whatever it was, or three. I don't remember which one it was. Um, so she could knock it behind in her studies and miss one of the premieres of the movies because she was taking finals that uh, that year. So kudos to the, you know, the smart Jewish woman. <laughs> You're a smart Jewish woman. Uh, She's a Jew. You uh, do your study first before acting. Uh, 
That's because her dad was a doctor and like cracked a whip on her uh, and got her a college degree, despite the fact that she was a full-time actress on a major movie franchise. Well, two things. One, it's very eerie that you went segue into that because I was about to segue into that. And there was no inclination of said segue to go into that topic. So it's kind of eerie that you and I are like, yeah, exactly. On the same wavelength. I don't know if it's scary. PMS ESP, baby. There we go. I got a a bitch that knows everything. <laughs> dopey, silly, dopey. You, you, you got. We could be on the ESPN like Shaq and his daddy. Bobby, it's me, your daddy, Roberto. Daddy, you know I seen you on the ESPN when they was talking about you being drafted by the NFL. Not going to the NFL. I'm gonna stay in school and, and graduate. The hell with school, dopey. Take the money. You and me could be partners, just like that Tiger Woods and his daddy. ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> well, was that Billy Madison? No, that was Billy. No, the Water Boy. Oh, Water Boy. Right. Um. So, Doc, I know Play the food ball. <laughs> you and I are very big proponents of comics. We're both fanboys. Uh, you collect a lot more than I do. I have like fourteen long boxes here, but I don't collect books anymore. I do keep my ear on the pulse of everything and pay attention to what's going on, especially in the Star Wars universe, because Marvel is doing such a great job with their take on Star Wars. There is a new preview. Um, Star Wars revives an unexpected solo character in Star Wars episode 13. The current storyline in Star Wars takes place between the events of Star Wars Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars Return of the Jedi, with our heroes hoping to track down Boba Fett. Boba Fett? Boba Fett? Where? Uh, To rescue Han Solo from Carbonite. While pursuing a lead regarding Fett's whereabouts, the Rebel Alliance earns some assistance from the Wookiee Sagwa. Sagwa? Not Sacagawea. No. That's the chick from uh, Night at the Museum, folks. Also on my on my uh, dollar coins. Okay, the Wookiee Sagwa, who Chewbacca helped free during his time on Kessel, as in witnessed in Holly Garland's favorite movie Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, the readers on the episode, uh, sorry, uh, issue thirteen of Star Wars, get you right over there. Yeah, I'm good. Get a chance to see Chewbacca greet Sagwa in the similar fashion. How he said to his goodbyes to Sagwa and Solo when they touched each other's heads. Now, also, hey, uh, Spiro, hit us with a Chewbacca impersonation right now. All right. So, also in the same issue, they um, also touch base on Luke Skywalker's journey to rebuild the Jedi Order. Now, people may say that he did this between Empire Strikes Back and Force Awakens, but according to this, it's happening. Uh, I'm sorry, after Return of the Jedi. Jedi? Yeah. Yeah. But according to this, it's happening after Empire Strikes Back. In the latest issue of Marvel Comics Star Wars, Luke Skywalker is given the tools he needs to rebuild the Jedi Order in the galaxy's future. Now, Star Wars number 13 begins with Luke training and honing his skills as a Jedi. 
when R2-D2 and C-3PO meet him with news. Apparently, R2 is very eager to share some significant informa- information. Uh, though a Boba Fett sighting. Boba, Boba Fett. Fett? Where? Boba Fett, where? Uh, on the smuggler's moon of Nar... Why does that sound like a Jewish guy when we say it? Uh, Nar Shaddaa takes precedence, seeing Luke teaming up with Chewbacca to follow up on the potential lead. Now, acting just after having just missed Fett with Luke warding off and the angry hut forces he left behind, R2 finally gets to reveal his information, revealing that he acquired a very important list when he was helping the rebels escape the Death Star during A New Hope. The locations of various Jedi outposts and temples hidden throughout the galaxy. So there's your first seed of Luke uh, getting information about various Jedi outposts and temples that were hidden throughout the galaxy that he's going to go visit. And as he did in one of the comic books in the Kylo Ren miniseries, him and Kylo and Lord Sataka went to a temple, a Jedi temple that is very, um, that's heavily mentioned, or they said it was connected to the High Republic era as well. I got to tell you, this Luke Skywalker kid's got some fucking balls. Like He's barely fucking trained. And he's going to be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to restart this whole shit. No problem. Don't worry. Uh, wow. I mean, that's that's some hubris on Luke's part over there. Well, it's just like any other indie wrestler nowadays. They slap their leg. They take one bump. They take a clinic from a, from a guy who just got fired off TV. They and, they're, they and they're ready to get the title. That's it. They want the put, main event push. Put your strap on me, Booker Man. Um. This is better news as far as comic goes, and this explains a lot of things. And I know you're gonna come in your pants for this. Yeah, baby. So get ready to get the clean. All right, up. hold on, I'm pulling it out right now. Star Wars Boba Fett just stole a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles darkest move. Yeah, baby. You read this? I did. Do you yeah. want to so, go over it? Or you want so, to as, so as we saw um, on the solicitations for the Boba Fett War of the Bounty Hunters comic book that uh, is hitting this month, um, has hit already, um, a few months ago we saw Boba in a very uh, interestingly darkened outfit than he was previously known to be wearing. So his armor looked like it was all black, and we didn't know if it was a shadow thing or if he's kind of painting it and seeing what happened. Um, but now we find out that that Boba is uh, joining some kind of tournament, um, some like death tournament, the tournament of death in New Jersey, um, to uh, fight for something during the um, fight during for the rights the, of every man. Right. For, exactly. During the, uh, during the comic book and he paints his armor black and he goes by his father's name of Django. I guess he doesn't want to be known. Um, and what they're talking about with this TMNT thing is that in the Archie comic book at one point, uh, Raphael decided to paint himself all black. Well, he had a black uh, costume. Uh, sorry, yes, the costume. But I think it was mostly because if, if you look, if you look at him, if you look I, at him, there really wasn't a costume. It was just all black. It wasn't. His I, know, well, well, I agree. That's how they justified Piper, him, him, him Piper doing Piper black. Is the one who paid himself yes. half black. That's how they justified him doing blackface. Um, and uh, you know, they're they're harking into that. The reason why. Raphael did it was because he told Master Splinter, well, you know, I'm in the shadows. It makes more sense for me to be black. And he kept it for a bunch of issues in the Archie comic book. Um, and I've seen a few customizers actually do uh, some uh, homages to that and do the uh, the black costume of Raphael. Like my, my good buddy Leo, 
uh, Olio on, uh, on Instagram, who's a fantastic artist. He's done one of those. Um, so it's interesting. You know, I want to see where it goes. I think it's just more gimmicks to, uh, push out more Boba Fett toys. So idiots like me could buy all this crap. <laughs> I was like just this. about to say, are you going to yeah. buy it? Yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna gimmick me up. Actually, uh, I had bought a, a, a one of the new Boba Fett's this week. It's my third one, actually, the, the deluxe Return of the Jedi one, and it was gonna be one that I was gonna open. And I looked at it today, and I'm like, hmm, should I dye that one black because and just be ahead of the game? Because I doubt, actually, I doubt, I doubt Hasbro will do it because they don't do a lot of comic book stuff. You know, they just recently started doing some comic book stuff, but I doubt they're gonna get the Boba. But it would be an easy one because all they really gotta do is paint a black and. Honestly, it's going to be the cheapest figure they're going to put out all year because having zero paint deco kind of helps. I like this. I thought it was cool that he tried to go undercover. He said his armor was known by too many people. His name is known, so he had to go under his dad's name and all this other stuff. kind of like this. I like where they're going with this whole Boba Fett thing and the hunt about the War of the Bounty Hunters. Um but who's not going to know it's him? I mean, oh, you painted your armor black? That's wonderful. Uh, well, no, because I've, even though all the all look, man, let's look at let's look at it like this. Even in the Mandalorian, all the all the um, Mandalorians that were living in the cove underneath the in the sewer, right? Like like the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, true, right? They came up one at a time, and everyone thought it was the same guy, and all their armor was different colors and different shapes and different sizes. So to the average Joe, they don't know. You know what I mean? Yep. To, the, to, to the average uh, Antilles, they don't know. <laughs> That's good. You know what I'm saying? But because he's painted all black, I you know people are going to think about he, he's somebody else. But on the flip side, when people are painted all white, people are complaining. And ooh, that's what's going on with ooh, 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 that's ooh. what's going on with TBB, aka the Bad Bunch, um, the Bad Batch, the Bad Batch. Sorry. Uh, the Bad Batch is reportedly being edited following the whitewashing controversy. Now, the Bad yeah. Batch has come under some fire for whitewashing central characters. The term whitewashing, for you uh, scruffy nerfers out there, refers to a white actor portraying a non-white character. Alternatively, it may also apply to lightening a non-white character's skin uh, skin tone to appear more Caucasian. Yeah. Now, I can understand whitewashing in a movie. Like getting a character, like maybe I don't know. So like a uh, Louis Farrakhan being played by Matthew McConaughey, or something like that, or uh, Scarlett Johansson playing the Japanese role lady in that movie. Everyone out there, titties and a bunch uh, twisted in there. What about Scarlett Johansson's titties? Was it Ghost Shell or Shadow Shell oh. or Ghost Shell? I don't know, some shit like that, right? Ghost of my balls. Something like that. So, but you know what really blew my mind? I saw an article today. Who blew your mind? Uh. You know the guy who played in uh, uh, Short Circuit as the Indian guy? Uh, no. I remember the guy. Yeah, but I don't know who he is. He's not an Indian. He was white. <laughs> yes. He, he he got brownwashed? He got brownwashed. Now he, he's apologizing for it. <laughs> Wait, is he really apologizing for it? Yeah, he's like, oh, he's been haunting me for years. I just want to see him. Fuck out of here. He's apologizing for it. That's fantastic. That was the dude's best role. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I apologize for the big brown. That's his only role. (laughs) I haven't seen him anywhere else. That's fucking hilarious. It is. But this is what we had to deal with nowadays. People complaining about a cartoon. A cartoon. A lot of theories have been coming out about the Bad Batch this week. Uh, we're not going to deep dive into it, 
when we do our show, 99 problems, but a batch ain't one. And we skipped this week because the episode was so short and so uneventful. We're going to roll both episodes next week. That's right. Roll Tide. Um, so a lot of theories, but let's face facts. These these clones are supposed to be defects, degenerates. That's what they're listed at. So they're not going to look like everybody else. So I can understand why there might be a little bit of a different uh Shade in their um, complexity, if you will. Let me ask you a question. When sure. you watched, when you watched the Bad Batch, okay, um, did you like look at it and be like, "Oh, it seems like they've made the clones a little more white than they should." No, have no, because when I see people, I don't see color. Oh, and I'm not, a, I'm not a dying, oh, that's, li- that's... I'm not a diehard liberal who fucking uh, which is virtual signals and likes to uh, deflect because they're the real racists. I grew up in an all black neighborhood. So to me, everybody's just a person. If I see somebody, if I see a person who's a black, person, and my name is Anakin. Listen, <laughs> if I see somebody who's black, it's a person who's black, not a black person. You understand what I mean? Just like when I see you, you're a person who's Puerto Rican and, uh, it's Italian, right? You're Puerto Rican and Italian, right, doc? Yes, sir. Right. And Spiro is Greek and Puerto Rican. It, it doesn't matter to me. He's a person who is. It's not a Greek Puerto Rican person. We're all the same people. We all bleed the same color blood. We all have the same genetic makeup, the same organs, yada, 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 10 fingers and 10 toes. I just want to go on record saying that I do not put my pants on one leg at a time. You I don't? Put pen- I put my penis in first, and then I put my legs in at a time. Got it. Good. Okay. Good to know. So, so when I watched this, I, I didn't really like – didn't dawn on me that the clones were a little bit lighter than they had been previously. Um, am I the racist? I don't know. It's no. Am I not paying attention enough to the world? Uh, I don't know. Or just am I just not one of these idiots who have to find the fault in every single thing and complain about it and want to cry about whatever the fuck is in the internet because it makes them feel better? Well, I think you're right with the latter. And not for nothing, and this basically plays into the same trope that when we had that liberal snowflake uh, journalist from the Mary Sue on, uh, where we were talking about the disclaimers on the Muppets, and then basically telling her that when you point out something like that, people look for it. When you don't, it just flies over their head, especially when they're young children. And when you indoctrinate the children by subliminally teaching them racism, it doesn't take away from racism. It adds to it. Yeah. And this is exactly what's going on. Uh, but people don't want to realize this. People, most people like you and I who are, I don't want to say normal, but normal and really don't care about uh, a who have, who, have good, who have good common sense. And a good heart. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we would know this. We, 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 we don't harp on this. But to harken back on the situation, see what I did there? See what I did there, Doc? I like it. It's good. It's good. Yeah, hey, I stole your gimmick. You did. All the hark, all the Harkins, all the Harkins I did last week. <laughs> not, not, not Kurt Hawkins. Uh, anyhow, not, 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 not uh, um, Grand Moff Harkin. No, <laughs> it's Moff. You prick. Anyway, moving along. Star Wars finally reveals Secret Rogue One plan in new episode of The Bad Batch, and I thought this was cool. In the show's third episode called Replacements, Admiral Tarkin discussed a new imperial initiative known as Project War Mantle with the new character called Vice Admiral Rampart. 
Now, Project War Mantle was first mentioned in Rogue One, a Star Wars story, which is our former producer, Big Ray Hernandez's favorite Star Wars movie that he'd never watched. When Jin Erso was searching for the Death Star plans at the Citadel Tower on Scarif, uh, they came across this Project um, War Mantle. Now, thanks to the events of the Bad Batch, fans know that the Project War Mantle looks to be the Empire's plan to enlist soldiers instead of clones. Doc, what do you think? The connective tissue in this is amazing. Well, this is what we talked about for years when it came to the, the sequel trilogy, is that that connective tissue was never there. So, And you know, leave it to the guys like Filoni and Favreau, who really are invested in, in, in this universe and really want to tell a great story. To do the weaving for us, you know, to, to, to lead us one place um, by by showing us something from a different place. And that's that's what makes great stories. You know, that's, you know, the the, the, the one plus one equals two and that connectivity that, that that brings it over really is what does it for people who like to see that continuity be perfect and and match. Um, and for Star Wars, I think that's really important. It's it's something that we need to see that that consistency needs to be there. Um, and if this is you know you know I harken back to <laughs> to to that, then I'm all for it, and it's going to just make things better going forward. Do you think? Yes. Are, are you a believer yes. that sometimes things are hidden in plain sight, and we need to find them? Uh, it depends on both the intentionally and subliminally. It depends on the situation, but yes, there are times that that is the case. Okay, so you don't think life automatically throws things at you, and sometimes you just got to read the signs or mm. read the tea leaves for what they are. It depends. I mean, if it depends on the on the situation. All right. Well, I've never seen the Jersey Shore, so I don't know what the situation is, but. Wasn't that a character in the Jersey Shore? Yes, sir. It was, it was a character. Central Cab. Can I get a taxi for six people? Is the cab for you, sir? Yes. And what is your name, sir? Situation. Huh? Situation. One moment. Hello, Sanchez. Yes. Who, who are we going to pick up? Situation. Hold on. The name of the guy. That's the name of the person. Hold on. The name of the person? Yes. Situation? Yes. Star Wars. Star Wars is hinting on an unprecedented war. Oh, in the Bad Batch Disney ooh. Plus series. Now I know you're war. Going, ooh. <laughs> war. Huh. Good God. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. What is it good for? Absolutely. War does not make one great. Um, so anyway, the Kamino- the Kaminoans against the Empire Ooh, seems to be the, the inevitable good a good uh, I'm sorry, I put good article here. It seems to be inevitable. Now we saw this press I am inevitable. I am the NFL. Anyway, so 
you, do you want to touch base on this with a 10 foot pole? Uh, shoot it, dude. Go, go for it. I just wanted to get your take on it. I just basically, I'm going to summarize the article. I'm not going to read it. Oh, um, so we don't know where the Bad Batch is heading. Uh, we're all very excited to be there with it and see, uh, how this develops. But, um, there had to be some dust up between the Kaminoans and the Empire. And we, we're seeing that develop in front of us now with, um, Tarkin's, uh, desire to have a non-clone army. So it just makes sense that we're going to wrap up whatever arc the Kamini, the Kaminoans have in the Star Wars universe because, you know, we don't see them later on in the OT. So something's got to give with them. Something's um, got to give. And it makes sense for them to get wiped out by the Empire or bought out by the Empire or whatever by the Empire by the end of it. I agree. Um, (laughs) Bless you. That uh, professional. Um, (laughs) A professional. Um, So that scene we just saw in episode three of Replacements where the the Kamenians are uh, saying that the original – DNA from Django Fett has been copied. Oh, that was pretty way, way too many times that it's starting to lose its efficiency and it's breaking down and they need to bring in uh, a, a certain host or a certain person to get the genetic makeup for their phase three type clones. Many are speculating that it's Omega and she might not be a clone of Django. But, but the interesting thing already is that you know they said that she's is is a genetic is genetically defective. Of so who were they, were they lying? No, but of who? That's the thing. If she has the force powers, maybe she maybe she's a Stratocast. She's the first Stratocast. Who knows? Right? Many yeah. people are speculating that they might this might lead to Starkiller being brought into canon. Starkiller from the video game? Yeah. It wouldn't be too far fetched, right? You could also, you know, figure out a way how to drag in, you know, Boba Fett now to potentially. That's um, another thing. Know, use that because remember, Boba Fett was a was an unaltered clone of Django, where he was not aged as the other clones were. So that that would be an interesting thing as well. Or or what do you, you know they, uh, they seal or 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 they, they chose Django for the fact that he was a you know very mili- militaristic and a great bounty hunter. Could they potentially choose another bounty hunter? Who was also great and militaristic and ah. potentially could have the ability to be the best bounty hunter in the galaxy. And will we see the Bad Batch face off against Cad Bane? Well, I was talking, I thought that you were going Fennec Shan because she's going to appear in the episode. Oh, well, that's potential too, but uh, Cad Bane would also be very interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. I'm I, um, responsibly. Yeah, I'm intrigued to where everything is going to go. But um, one thing's for sure: I know one. When, when, I know wherever they decide to go with it, it's going to be good because Filoni wrote it; he's an EP on it. But another thing I know for sure where things are going to go is an X-wing. And what do I mean by that? Is the X-wing going into the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum in uh, 2022? Industrial Light and Magic. Part of Lucasfilm shipped an X-Wing in pieces and it will be reassembled and hung outside the Albert Einstein Planetarium at the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C. next year. This is not an original trilogy piece. It's only 
from the recent Rise of Skywalker. It's film. only, so it, only. That's funny. It's, it's so it's a T seventy X wing instead of the original T sixty five B that we saw Luke Skywalker fly. But I think people are going to still show up. What do you think? Yeah, uh, the Smithsonian's a great place to park these historical uh, movie vehicles that you know have to deal with space and and, and travel. Um, it's the it's Poe Dameron's X wing, I believe. It's the uh, the yep. orange and yellow one that he had flown in the Force Awakens. Um, and they also talk about the fact that this is going to be the first Star Wars piece they've had in the museum since ninety eight, ninety nine. I think they said uh, when they had the initial. Uh, OT trilogy um, props in the Smithsonian, which I actually got to visit when I was in college, which was awesome. Uh, we had taken taken a trip in the Honors Club because I was in the Honors Club, uh, the, the the Dunn Scoutist Honors Club. Was uh, it an Honors Sex Head? I wish. Um, I, I did get a, I did get a, a BJ when I was down there, by the way, but that was cool. Thank you, Maria. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> Fuck. Oh, you see what's uh, his name? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I beat you to it. it was, so. Uh, I and one of my friend Mike, Mike Devaney, who's also a big Star Wars fan and went to college with, went to the Smithsonian to look at the Star Wars Museum. And it, it was pretty cool. You know, they had everything on loan from Lucasfilm. They had speeder bikes and Ewok costumes, and they had a Job of the Hut there, and they had really awesome Star Wars props there that uh, I actually dug up some photos, some actual camera photos, not even digital photos. That's how long ago it was um, from that trip, and it was awesome. And it was good to see that. But I'm excited to have Smithsonian to have this piece. Hopefully it'll be there for a while, if not in perpetuity. Because I think a piece like this, despite the fact that it's from, you know, a beloved trilogy, uh, this the sequel trilogy deserves to be in the Smithsonian. Agreed. I, I agree. Even though the Smithsonian is an institute full of lies and scandals. And hidden oh, truths. God. All right, everybody, Papa Don is, 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 has, is convinced that the moon landing didn't happen. So, No, I didn't say that. I didn't say we didn't go to the moon. What we saw was definitely fake. Uh, it was definitely televised. But that's a story for another podcast. Uh, the reason I say that about the Smithsonian is because they house the remains of giants. And they've been lying about it for many, many years. Like uh, real giants? Like, like real Well, it's in the Bibles, brother. Is my penis there? No, I said giants. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, so it's in the Bible, the 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 story of giants. Yeah, man, the, the 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 children of the fallen angels and the human women were called the Nephilim, which were giants, and they're about I don't know anywhere between eight to about fifteen, twenty, thirty feet tall, and there's a lot of giants that were found remains in the island of Sardinia, off the coast of I think Italy in the Mediterranean that area. And the remains were given to the church, and the church called the Smithsonian. The Smithsonian took everything around, and then when they asked for, you know, the remains, we don't have any remains. What are you talking about? Badges? We ain't got no badges. So a lot of so a lot of it gone missing. So anyway, enough of the. Yeah, it's very, it's very interesting, and even even in this country, there's a lot of dunes that uh, caradunes, not caradunes, but a lot of dunes that. People are saying were giants uh, burial grounds, like uh, mounds, burial mounds. Excuse me, and okay. um, like mounds, mounds. No, like no, you know, like mounds, like almond mounds, or you know, like a yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so 
anyhow, there's a lot of even Abraham Lincoln. Even Abraham Lincoln. Oh, listen, even Abraham Lincoln talked about the Giants, and there's been a lot of newspaper clippings from the late 1800s where their their Giants were mentioned in articles. And, uh, you know, it wouldn't be too far-fetched. There's a lot of lore in tribes around this country are talking about people who are 20 feet, 15 feet, 12 feet tall. So who knows? But anyway, the only Giants I know about right now, we're going to talk about are Wookiees. And we already spoke about Sagwa and Sacagawea. But... Uh, what else we got? What are the Wookiees we got over here? I don't know. Chrysan- but- Chrysanthemum? Chrysanthemum, right? Uh, Chublaka. Chukaka, um, yeah. Chukaka. We talked about it. That was the episode last week. You know, Lucasfilm, they're looking to shoot three more projects in the UK. And it's not, you know, Austin Powers, Jedi Master. It's not uh, Downton uh, Abbey. No, it's not Downtown Abbey. According to the Ronin, not the championship company, not the company that I'm championing, uh, they're hearing a second season of Andos in the works but are treating it as rumor at the moment. They have also learned three new LLCs. That's limit, no, LLCs, limited liability companies that were created for three unknown Lucasfilm products. I'm sorry, productions that will film in the UK. And this is what it's called. Ghost Track. I'm sorry. Ghost Truck 6 UK Limited is one LLC yep. file. The other one was Blue Stockings UK uh, Limited. Um, and the last one is Ace of Hearts UK Limited. So people are speculating that these three are pertaining to certain films. One of it being Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron, uh, that's supposed to be coming out December 22nd, 2023. Uh, the guests on Ghost Truck 6 could possibly be tied to the ghost ship. Uh, that was featured in Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, it's a little bit of a stretch, but okay. Okay. And uh, Ace of Hearts, uh, people believe that it's tied to the Lando series because it's yes. talking about cards. Yes. So, and hearts because Lando's pansexual. No, he's not. <laughs> but, not uh, my canon. Not in my canon. If we can have the Sith Lord claim that Revan is canon, and I can say that Lando... He may like his cold 45, but he ain't, you know, shagging some dudes and some robots. He's just a ladies' man. So, anyhow. Not that there's anything wrong with dudes shagging dudes. But when you get accustomed to a character for 40 years a certain way, you can't just slip the script because you're trying to play to a certain demographic of people to be, um, what's the PC. right term? Peace, not even PC, just inclusive. A, inclusive and to to uh, virtual signal, like 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 people say. But anyway, so what do you think? What do you think, Doc? These three projects on board with uh, Lucasfilm. What do you they, take? They're going to be pushing out projects for the next millennia. You know, this is the reason why they bought this property. This is the reason why we're heading this way. Uh, who knows what it is? Honestly, it doesn't really matter. It, whatever it is. You know, you're not going to watch it, make up some stupid fucking podcast show for it and review it afterwards. So, Well, you know, one thing's for sure. Uh, well, at least that's what's being said right now. Kevin Feige, head of MCU, is not or has no ambition to take the leadership role at Lucasfilm. Did you read this? I did. I saw that. You know, and we probably from, you know, nearly the inception of the NFO 
have really been on this uh, interesting kick where we thought that he was going to be the guy to push it forward and to take over Lucasfilm. You know, this is obviously prior to uh, the Mandalorian being released um, and us seeing the the masterfulness of Filoni and Fowler, Maxter. where we did, where we you know decided that they're probably going to be the ones to kick it forward. But Feige, Feige, Feige was the uh, the our our you know horse in the race when it came to doing it because of the amazing things he did with the Marvel Universe and what he what he's given the fans with that and it just made logical sense that Disney would be like oh you did it for this why don't you just transition over and do it for this when they smoke this fire um, Pirates and Princess they dropped an article saying that Kathleen Kennedy her time is up. At Lucasfilm, it's coming to a close. Um, we speculated on this in the past. Time's up, bitch. Would she fucking Harvey Weinstein? Probably. Quietly, things have been shifting at Lucasfilm and the Walt Disney Company. One may say that the mood is different in the house that George Lucas built. It started with a dramatic cleanup of social media behavior by Lucasfilm employees, aka "fuck you, Pablo Hidalgo." Um, then, despite the Herculean efforts, it would take to get Indiana Jones 5 into production, everything was thrown at making the movie a reality. The head of Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy, began scheduling appearances at productions for the movie along with her husband, Frank Marshall, in a way that isn't often seen an executive produces. Next, the bad news for Star Wars and Disney Plus began subly uh, leaking from Disney, almost certainly in a soft, coordinated manner. Kennedy... Kennedy is in the final year of her contract with the Walt Disney Company for presiding over the studio, largely all about Star Wars. Her tenure has been a bumpy one. While her immediate box office success with The Force Awakens and Rogue One was monumental, things quickly developed afterwards from a financial position where the other Disney properties grew in popularity and economic importance. Star Wars began to diminish with the release of The Last Jedi. It was a steady drop until The Mandalorian. Now, this is a long article. It keeps going into what's going on with um, Kennedy. Kennedy. And, um, you know, uh, Feige producing a movie for Star Wars. Feige. You know, uh, what was the, the Forbes saying how they mishandled the firing of Gina Carano? And that's. Forbes said that? Yeah, remember that article that they yeah, said yeah. that the. Um, and then basically they also stated that certain things like, um, uh, resistance was a flop galaxies uh, of adventure was mocked. Um, the high Republic was the worst ever received contents since the holiday special. Uh, the bad batch has launched to a lackluster excitement. Uh, that's what they're saying. Um, really? And there's, that's what they're saying, and they're saying. And here's the kicker: the subscription number for Disney Plus came in lower than expected this quarter, which means they lost a lot of scuttle, and the stock price has been dipping. Well, so, I mean, if they're looking for a cartoon like The Bad Batch to bump that up, that's probably not going to happen. I mean, people are fans, yeah, but you want something concrete? It's going to be The Mandalorian. It's going to be live action stuff. Yeah, I agree, but that's not what's going to bump up. You know, where people were pissed off because. 
of the handling of Gina Carano and the firing of yeah. the way she was fired. Well, it was canceled Disney when you know they had it for a while. Exactly. So from what I understand, they they fell short of their their goal by a few hundred million subscribers. Um if I'm correct, I don't remember off the top of my head the exact number, but this is a very sour note and a sour and a bad taste in Bob Chapik's mouth. Um, not the, not the likes of Harvey Weinstein, but um, you know the fact that the Forbes article came out saying he doesn't know what he's doing. Then Kennedy firing uh, Carano and the way it was handled and the backlash and subscriptions depleting and you know. The Disney Plus is supposed to be the future for Disney, and it's costing the the shareholders money. Yada yada, it's all business, and it's not a good look. So people are speculating she's done. We added this kind of last show where all the stuff that was never on the table of being canon or even utilized has went into the forefront. Legends novels are now coming reissued with new covers. Uh, the remakes of certain games like Republic Commando and KOTOR and all this other stuff coming into fruition. Uh, High Republic books being on sale for 99 cents on May the 4th when they dropped a couple of months prior uh, at 1799 and 1999 for novels and people not really digging the High Republic with their ratio likes and dislike on the Star Wars media channels on social media and then YouTube. So, there's a lot of red flags here, Doc. Yeah, that sounds like it's problematic. Uh, honestly, um, they are they going to blame Kathleen for this? Is the question? Someone has oh, to take the fall, you know. I guess, I guess, I, yeah, I guess someone's going to take the hit for it, you know. And and it, her and her last year of her contract seems like she would be the perfect foil for uh, you know dipping this one out of and blaming it on her and kicking her out, but. Uh, I don't know. Disney's not so keen on, uh, you know, fucking over the ladies. They seem to um, to um, to reward them rather than, you know, screw them over. So I've got my doubts if this is going to be. Uh, so you think she's going to fail upward? Probably. You know, they'll 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 give her a raise and she'll be, uh, you know, executive executive producer of the world and and and, and the general population. Um, so what's Fauci going to do? He's gonna make money off vaccines. Um, X, anyways. Uh, Spiro, what do you think of Kathleen Kennedy and 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 her generalized rule over the Star Wars universe? Fuck Kathleen Kennedy. Fuck Ryan Johnson. Neither of them should ever be involved with Star Wars ever again. And if that happens, I'm going to march my ass right up to the front doors of Disney. I'm going to kick down the doors and I'm going to lay it the smack of down on both the candy asses. Cat K and Goro Larje are looking kind of hungry. Matter of fact, they look like they're starving. That's okay. The dark one's got you covered. I'm going to serve you a nice big dish. My specialty, guys, okay? A big bag of dicks. Eat them up. Whenever he talks about Kathleen Kennedy, I always wonder how do he gets his word his words out so clearly while he's drooling at the same time. Yeah, but it's also while he's uh, you know trying to trying to type or speak to his phone with a massive boner. <laughs> you think you think he tries to use it as a mic and talking <laughs> to it? <laughs> look, look, guys, come on, guys, you know. <laughs> Look, one thing's for sure. The Mandalorian merchandise sales confirmed to Disney that you could build a franchise outside of theaters. Yep. 
indeed. And and then they're taking this new tact with, with this Disney premiere. Have you read about this? That they're look, let's say a movie like The Black Widow's coming out. People don't want to go to theaters. So for the 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 very low fee of thirty extra dollars, you can own that movie and watch it as much as you want or anything associated with it. The trailers, the bloopers, whatever, until it comes out on Disney Plus and then it goes into the archive. Um, which is interesting, I guess, you know, and you can watch as many times as you want and whatever. Cause think about it. If you go to the movies, right? It's, you know, you take, by the time you take your 12 kids and I take my five kids, you're probably dropping at least over a hundred bucks easy. A lot of scuttle. A lot of scuttle. So if you're paying 30 bucks to see a movie ahead of time, if you can't wait like we normally do, we go to the movies. And you have it until limited views until it comes into Disney Plus, and they may be making some money off of that. It's possible. You know what? It is an, it's it's another point of profit for them in it because it doesn't have any overhead related to them. Zero. Except except just the movie itself. And it's like they're almost double dipping. You know what I mean? Because you're already paying for the subscription, now you're paying an additional thirty bucks yep. to watch that film. And then after a certain amount of times, it goes into the rotation. Yep. So and it's it's nothing like you said, nothing lost for them. Yep, definitely. I mean, we'll see how it pans out, but uh, for certain people, it might be over. For certain people, it might not. I don't know. Uh, speaking of over, ladies and gentlemen, we do a certain segment. On the new force order called Who is more over? Now I know what you're saying. That statement within itself is not grammatically correct. It doesn't make any grammatical sense. And I agree with you. But I can care less. Only because this show is a blend of professional wrestling and Star Wars. And myself being a pro wrestler incorporate wrestling lingo into the show. So over is wrestling lingo for being popular with the fans. Now, when you're a good guy wrestler, you're known as a babyface. So when you're over as a babyface, the people will pay a lot of Scott Hall to come see you kick the crap out of the villain wrestler. Now, when you're the villain wrestler, you're known as a heel. And when you're over as a heel, people will pay a lot of Scott Hall to come see you get your ass kicked kicked by the hero the baby face now what we do on the nfo is we do not have two people fight in a wrestling match or a boxing match or whatever the case may be that's that's neither here or there but it's not our style we like to kick it up a notch and we compare two objects two aspects of star wars it could be a person place thing vitamin mineral doesn't matter and uh we see what's more over with you the fans all six of you guys, possibly seven this week. Hopefully, we gained a fan. But most importantly, what's over with us? So, Doc, enlighten these scruffy nerf herders and show them what's on the marquee this week. This week on the marquee, uh, again, I had a vision and a dream to see who is more over between a specific Jedi and Padawan combination. Who is more over? from the TV show Rebels between Ezra Bridger (laughs) 
Look, don't bother saying it. I'm letting you off the hook. What are you talking about? I know you wanted to dump me on Luminara. Just because she's gone doesn't mean you're stuck with me. I don't want to dump you. <sighs> Look, I just wanted you to have the best teacher. Well, I don't want the best teacher. I want you. Not that you're not the best, I... Ezra, I'm not gonna try to teach you anymore. If all I do is try, that means I don't truly believe I can succeed. So from now on, I will teach you. <laughs> Look, I may fail, you may fail, but there is no try. I understand. Master. Let's see if you do. trust these clones, but they haven't done anything. You don't understand. They're dangerous. They could... They could what? Rex doesn't seem bad at all. Ahsoka said to trust him. You trust her, don't you? You weren't there. You weren't even born. What are you talking about? I don't feel like discussing it. It was at the end. The end of the war. Our fellow soldiers, the clones, the ones we Jedi fought side by side with, suddenly turned and betrayed us. I watched them kill my master. She fought beside them for years and they gunned her down in a second. Then came for me. Later they said they had chips in their heads that made them do it. Said they had no choice. I didn't betray my Jedi. Wolf, Gregor and I all removed our control chips. choice. Well, for what it's worth, I believe we can trust Rex. So, Doc, what do those polls say? Let's go to the pizzles. Okay. Uh, ooh, interesting enough over here. Let me just put all comments on. Um, it seems that we are in a dead heat on Facebook, 50-50, between Ezra Bridger and Kane and Jarris. Okay, uh, Todd Santiago Barrios says, Caleb Doom, a.k.a. Cannon Jarris, is more over for me. Thanks, buddy. You should have emailed us. Okay, cool. uh, let's let's move on to Instagram. All right, definitely put it up this week. I knew that for a fact. Um, Master versus Apprentice. Ooh, Kanan, 67% to 33%. A close, close battle. Only determined by a few votes, but it seems this week, the Master, Master, is more over. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you guys can send us an email regarding this topic, this segment, any other segment we do on the New Force Order, Tatooine, from a certain point of view. You just made the list. Uh, this is not the canon you're looking for. Uh, whatever else we talk about. Mark handles funky tweets. And the email address is newforceorder at yahoo.com. So let's go to the email and let's see 
what we can find, shall we? So. Dear sir, if you would like to enlarge your penis. Dear Alex. Our first email is from Brandon Miller. Bum, ba, ba, bum. So it's called Who's Moreover? Hey, fellas. So, full disclosure, I have not gotten around to watching Star Wars Rebels outside of a few clips. So I'm going to keep this one brief. Calling with Ezra. Because the kid from Aladdin is rumored to play him in live action. I kind of like the new Aladdin. Uh, Question for you guys in relation to the Bad Batch. Of course, we know at this point the show starts off during Order 66. And to me, the clones turning heel is still as impactful and chilling as always, even in the cartoon form. My question is, do you guys still feel that way about watching Order 66 play out? Is it like the Kennedy assassination where it's still haunting, albeit the fascinating to witness it from different angles all these years later? Or has the shine wore off the apple and you're ready to move on to other stories? Good question. You want to handle that, Doc? You want me to handle it? Uh, I'll take it. Um, all right. So I think there is something, like he said, kind of haunting about when you hear Palpatine say, execute order 66. And you know what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen in the Bad Batch. Um, we didn't see that angle ever from the Bad Batch. And it, it when it happens, it still kind of gave me goosebumps. Um, even though we knew it was going to happen and how, what it meant and how it meant. So I think even after 20 years, almost 20 years, that it's still uh, it's still a popful moment, you know. It's like when Hogan throws the big boot and the leg drop. It's like you know you're always gonna pop for it no matter how old you are, no matter how how deep in, into the into, into into the wood you are with it. So I, I think despite the fact that we know and we've been there, you still get that feeling. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I like the fact we get to see it in different mediums. I think it adds different layers and different and more gravitas to it. And the fact that they're able to intertwine it so well to where it incorporates the same um, points in the timeline and everything fits like a glove. Anyway, our next email. Homeboy88. Are you Persian? I choose Jedi... Gorgatolis, a Persian Jedi with a white lightsaber and a white Jedi robes, who owns a yogurt shop on Tatooine and it only serves dates as its toppings. So I don't understand why you make me read this email, uh, homeboy, and not answer the question and not respond correctly. Sometimes I'm pretty sure he's like... Absolutely fried, but that's okay. Here's a fried green jalapeno pepper. But anyhow, so there you go, folks. It's uh, I, I digress. Oh, we got to do ours. Spiro, what's your pick this week? What do you pick? Do you pick uh, 
Kanan or do you pick Ezra? All right, Kanan Jars versus um, Ezra Bridger. Man, I, I got to be honest, man. I was one of these idiots at first when this show first came out. I had no interest in this. I got to say it, man, I was a little close-minded. Man, I got into it, and it was some of the best Star Wars around, okay? And these two guys were a big part of it, you know? But shit, man, I mean, you know, I I like both characters. Both of them have an excellent story, you know. Ezra Bridges' story is, of course, you know, the the young Padawan, you know, the young Jedi trying to keep from falling to the dark side. He, he kind of feels himself falling to the dark side. When Maul came into the picture, you know, I, th- I think a lot of us thought, okay, so this is going to probably be, this is going to probably end with him going over to the dark side and he's going to have sort of a tragic ending to his story. But, you know, it turned out to be a little more heroic. You know, he, I guess he sacrificed himself. Did he sacrifice himself or did it just happen by fucking chance that him and Thrawn ended up going into hyperspace and shit? I forgot. My memory sucks right now. Uh, he had that crazy looking lightsaber that was a lightsaber blaster combo. I guess it's cool, you know. Um, I don't know. It, it was ugly, but it made sense, I guess. You know, it's fucking, uh, it's practical. Um, but, you know, Kanan Jarrus, Jarrus, or, you know, um, what, what was it, his other name, Caleb Doom, you know, you know, I found his whole, you know, story a little bit more interesting, you know, how, how he came up, he, he was just a, a young Padawan when, uh, Order 66 happened, and, uh, you know, he had to grow up really quick, you know, and, you know, like I stated last week, I feel that Jedi Fallen Order shouldn't just focus on, on, uh, Cal Kestis. I think they should expand it and, you know, talk about the other Jedi or the other Padawans or, you know, light side force sensitives that were, um, you know, affected by Order 66. And I think that a young Caleb Doom, story would be great, you know, for Jedi Fallen Order. But, uh, you know, talking about heroic endings and self-sacrifices, man, I mean, shit, man. You know, uh, Kanan Jarvis had probably one of the most heroic ones, one of the most selfless ends to, to his story. And he showed how powerful he was. I mean, you know, what he did in holding that blast back from frying everybody, you know, that, that was no small feat. Um, you know, he, he, he lost his sight, you know, but yet he, he saw more than anybody else. I mean, there's just so much about Kanan Jars that I wish that, I hope that we get a chance to explore him more. Um, it sucks that he left us so soon. I felt that maybe they could have done a, a few things more with him. Um, maybe they will in form of comic or video games, but I gotta say Kanan Jars is more over for me. Um, I definitely care more. I mean, I definitely want to know about what happened to Ezra and where he ended up. Is he still alive? But, you know, I'm more intrigued by 
Kane and Jarvis, and, you know, I hope that we get a chance to explore him more. Very interesting. Doc, what about you? Oof, okay. Uh, Master Apprentice battle. Um, you know, in the beginning of uh, Rebels, really wasn't a big Ezra fan. I think, you know, I thought he felt he, he was like, you know, oh, we got to play to the kids and throw this little guy in there who's going to be a Jedi Padawan so we can kind of see what's going to happen. You know, the street rat, the street urchin. And and Kanan always kind of appealed to me because he was fairly mysterious. Like, you know, we, we knew the Jedi's got purged and he was one of the ones to escape. How did he escape? What did he do? How did he do it? Why? What was so special about him? And how come no one sought him down and and decimated him? And then, you know, we see um, Ezra's arc where he becomes skillful and he becomes a learner and he has to go through some trials and tribulations where he's it, he becomes a difficult person and then he overcomes that. And then we see what happens to Kanan. You know, spoiler alert, where he's blinded and he, you know, faces off against Maul and ultimately meets his demise. Um, for me, I thought the stronger arc and the the better play and what really had me enthralled and drawn in, despite the fact that Ezra, the, the show kind of centered on Ezra, was more so for Kanan. So Kanan, moreover. Okay. Uh, let's see. This is difficult for me to pick. I love both characters. But if I had to pick one, you do. I have to pick uh, Kanan as well. Only because he is the backbone of the Ghost Crew. He is the one that held everything together. Um, without him, they, I think they would have been lost and wouldn't have gotten to where they have gotten today. Um, with all that being said... Uh, Ezra itself is a good character. I liked his growth. I liked the fact he almost went healed, didn't really go full heal, and then went back to the light. But at the same time, without any canon, there'd be no Ezra. So there you go. True that. So, ladies and gentlemen, send your emails to newforceorder at yahoo.com. Please send us emails. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Like Latka used to say in uh, Taxi. Um, do you want to talk about KOTOR and why Aspire remaking the games instead of Bioware is a good thing? Or should we let Spiro handle that? Um, Spiro is our gamer. He's the one who knows the most about that. So let Spiro hit off on why uh, BioWire Bio versus Aspire versus my mother's flat tire is going to be a... <laughs> Oh, that was hilarious. Well, you know, I think that we should wait till this shit is confirmed because it's all, none of it's been confirmed yet. Nothing at all has been confirmed. There's been a lot of speculation about this game. Is it going to happen? It makes sense. Uh, but we don't know for sure. And if it does happen, you know, is it going to happen anytime soon? We don't know. We just got to wait and see. But. You know, now they're talking about developers, and I don't know how you properly pronounce this. Aspire, I think it's called. They're they're called. I don't know, but they got a bit of history with Star Wars. They've ported a few uh, Star Wars games to mobile, and you know, I don't know if they've done anything with fucking PC, but you know, um, I think it's cool, man. I think it's great, man. Uh, I think that we should put fresh eyes and hands on on something. 
see what they do. And, you know, like I said before, man, one thing they should do is they should do away with the whole turn-based strategy shit. You know, I think just make it a free-flowing combat experience like, uh, you know, Jedi Fallen Order or, you know, God of War. I mean, Jedi Fallen Order, I think, borrowed heavily from God of War. Um, it worked there. It should work here. I mean, you know, um, but it's, you know, it's 2021. My guess is this game would come out 2022, 2023, if it's going to happen anytime soon. You know, uh, I'm excited. I don't want to get too excited because nothing's been confirmed yet. But, I mean, guys, it makes sense. It makes a lot of fucking sense for this game to fucking happen. So we'll see, you know. Uh, it's going to be a lot of people paying attention to this, especially gamers, especially guys in around our age range who played the original Knights of the Old Republic. You know, and I already know, you know, you, you just can't make everybody happy because everybody, well, it's not going to be as good as the original. Motherfucker, the, when the original came out, we thought it, it was the most beautiful thing, but Look at the fucking tech, the fucking technological ad advances in gaming, man. I mean, I expected, I expected to be better than what that was. Okay. I expected it to be better than the original. Um, if it doesn't have the same essence and feel to it, I don't think it's supposed to. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're updating it, they're, you know, and they, especially if they take out that tedious term-based fucking system. I, I just think it's going to be better, man, in, in many ways. Graphically, um, you know, it's just going to be a fucking better game. Well, I mean, look, I'm glad Spiro is able to chime in and incite it, uh, and give us some insight on this uh, KOTOR stuff and uh, this non-canon uh, <laughs> nonsense that he loves, that he calls Revan. Um I really don't get it, but again, it's not not it's neither here or there. We don't judge people for what they like. To each we, his own. Exactly. So, Spiro's trans cannon. Nice <laughs> trans cannon. Uh, they're saying that Darth Vader used a different lightsaber style from Rogue One to Episode Four. And they basically give us a rundown of what they think uh, the reason is. So, yeah. so yeah, I saw this. So, you know, it's apparently, and we had kind of, you know, spoke about this when we did our Rogue One review show a couple of years ago, where, um, you know, Vader looks like a really kick-ass monster when he's in the hallway um, of uh, the uh, the Rebel ship when they're trying to escape, and then we see him in Episode Four, and he's not so much. But you know, a lot of it has to do with clearly how Lucas was developing his property and developing the lightsaber in general. You know, that first movie, what do you know shit about lightsabers? It was just some kind of laser sword that they were throwing around and there was no forms. There was no this, there was no that. So, you know, Rogue, Rogue One comes out some 40 years later. Um, we see, we, there's a lot of development in between that point. So we see Vader be a little more, a little more masterful when it comes to that. Uh, but I think the, the big thing that they were talking about was, since the rebel fleet troopers were not force users, Vader could kind of be chill and just 
basically walk them down and, you know, and spin his saber and flick his saber with relative ease to block their stuff and then decimate them as opposed to fighting someone who know he, he knew from experience was a uh, quite nasty, um, and D handy, uh, was uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, and he had a change of style to based on that. And we know Anakin is a master, you know, despite the fact that he wasn't granted the rank of master, we know he's a master and he'd be smart enough to switch styles and no more than one style, uh, to defend himself and to properly engage an opponent or opponents. No, you're 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 spot on with your analysis and your bump of coke. Um, I wish. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, that was the main reasoning, saying that one was force sensitive, the other one wasn't, and that he knew that he can get away with that beating them with the simplest of ease, as opposed to. Winning against Obi Wan very quickly and very uh, easily, so you know it is what it is, and uh, we keep moving forward. So indeed, otherwise we're going to get stuck and never go anywhere like quicksand. So, uh, is there anything you want to talk about, Doc? Before we move forward, any other articles or? Um. Oh, let's see. Hold on. There was one. Oh, um, you see, you floated me a very interesting um, photo this week of a look was a kind of a drawn photo of uh, Anakin in his uh, um, Darth Vader costume, you know, being all burnt up and holding this little hologram in his hand of him and Obi Wan Kenobi, kind of like you know, teasing. Um, towards things we potentially may see in the um in the kenobi series and i thought that was a a really beautiful looking photo of him there and like kind of reminiscing and and seeing what his life was like prior to that i thought it was cool yeah nice little take on the whole subject matter um yep that's why i I copied and pasted that yeah really really cool another thing we we didn't talk about yet is the uh the interesting um Star Wars Theory uh, fan film, which I'm going to enter actually right now. I'm going to have Matt, our producer, put the Star Wars Theory uh, clip in here right now where a fan um, decided to animate a a scene from uh, Clone Wars talk between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin about Ahsoka. So let's enter that in right now and talk about it after. Anakin, dwelling on Ahsoka's decision, won't bring her back. I miss her, okay? Is that what you wanted me to say? I still can't understand how she could have left the Order. It was a surprise decision to all of us. It was wrong. She's a Jedi. She belongs us. Like, this is ridiculous. She's one of us. She made the decision, Anakin. Well, what choice did we give her? The moment there were any suspicions about her loyalty, the Council turned their back on her. I will grant you mistakes were made. But she chose to leave. Part of the Jedi way is not letting emotion cloud your better judgment. And that's precisely what Ahsoka did, even in her most critical moments. Why don't you get some rest? I'm not tired. You can rest, Master. I'll keep first watch. Then I will accept your kind offer. You can't take responsibility for Ahsoka's decision, Anakin. 
How would you feel if I turned into a major disappointment? It's not the same. It's precisely the same. You took me under your wing and practically raised me. I'm your Padawan, just like Ahsoka was mine. How well would you sleep knowing I failed you? Not very well, I imagine. Luckily, that isn't true. I never will be. So I thought this was interesting. Um, Star Wars Theory is always digging up these cool things. You know, this um, this production, this this fan production company uh, did the animation for this scene and did the voices and kind of took the scene, which was just a, uh, you know, a written in the script scene that never showed up and put it to animation. And the animation looked actually pretty good and the voices look great and they really did it well. Um, and they, it revolves around Anakin being upset with Ahsoka for her decision to leave the Jedi Order. Um, and there's, as you heard, there's a lot of implications of the future and some foreshadowing that happens in that clip where um, Anakin tells Obi-Wan, oh, uh, you know, I hope uh, I would never let you down the way that happened. And Obi-Wan's, of course you wouldn't let me down, uh, which clearly, you know, in the end, in the end, Anakin does exactly what Ahsoka did and, you know, doesn't be, disavows the Jedi and betrays his master. So uh, very foreshadowing clip. Um, I, I don't think it needed to be in the you know in the Clone Wars, um, but I think fans who do this thing or when they do it right, it looks great. If it's done incorrectly, it's like who cares? Um, but uh, I was you know I, I, back back when Star Wars Theory watched the Mandalorian episode and he really like popped and cried for the Luke appearance. In the back of my head, I'm like, oh, this fucking guy is such a bitch. But watching him be happy and smile when this clip came across almost made me smile because you could tell that the dude is really invested in it and really loves star Wars. And that amount of fandom really to me is actually, uh, is actually a good thing. And what we need in the star Wars universe, <gasps> right, right. Very professional right now. <laughs> Agreed. Totally agree. Um, we do a segment here on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's called, you just made the list. You just made the list. And what we do is we go over certain lists that tend to find their way on the interwebs. And we give our thoughts on it in our analysis. Uh, Doc, do you want to take the first list? I got it. Ten ways Han and Leia are the most relatable couple. Okay. They have a dysfunctional family. Yes, clearly uh, the Skywalker family has been very dysfunctional. Uh, uh, absolutely. So, yeah, that is definitely a reason why they could be uh, relatable to us. Nine, they always they don't always get along. Yeah, you know, listen, my wife and I are currently in the midst of a fight right now, so I get it. I understand. Number nine, eight, they make each other jealous. Ooh, then it means even kissing your brother to make your future boyfriend jealous. That's kind of gross. Seven, they fight about money and children. Yeah, that's the truth. You know, Han ran out, Leia ran out of the rebellion, want to go back to smuggling. <laughs> Issue with Kylo. Absolutely. They respect each other. Oh, that's very cute. Um, Leia calls Han a natural-born leader, recognizes his talents, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Han loves Leia and knows that she's the, the brains behind the operation. Five, they're devoted to one another, as, you know, witnessed by them saving each other multiple times. Four, neither of them runs the show. Yeah, I think that's debatable. I think uh, Leia's running that show over there. Uh, three, they encourage each other to do better. Okay. Uh, two, they grow and change. Yeah, they got older and... Leia kicked your coke habit. Um, one, they accept each other for who they are. That's a true story, too. And I think these are all reasons 
why Han and Leia are very relatable as a couple. Um, I agree with you. Uh, all these reasons are pretty spot on, very down to earth, and not too far fetched from the truth, uh, from a certain point of view, that is. Um, five of Luke Skywalker's best moments. Let's go down this quick list. Number one, I'm sorry, number five, Trench Run on the Death Star 1. Number two, Battle of Hoth. Number three, Saving Han Solo on Tatooine on the barge. Uh, Number four, Raiders Redemption. And number five, Battle of Crate. Number six, Coming to Get Groku. I guess I gave you one too many. That, that, that was the honorable mention. The coming to Grogu? Yes. He, oh, he, he came in Grogu? That's uh, child abuse. Oh, nearly. He's 50 years old, bro. He's Leo. Yeah, true. <laughs> I got uh, one. Ready? Ready? Come Ready? on, yeah. Star Wars, the saddest scene from every movie. All right, ranked. Number 11. Phantom Menace Anakin's goodbye to his mother. I'll be back for you, mommy. Liar. Number 10, <laughs> Attack of the Clones, Shimmy Skywalker's death. That was a pretty, pretty sad scene. You know, Anakin closes him of his eyes, you know, then decimates. I killed every one of them, the men, the women, the children. Number nine, which personally I think it's probably much more higher on the list. Revenge of the Sith, you were my brother, Anakin. Oh, hell yeah, dude. That should be like in the top five. That's for sure in the top five. Not, not, that does not deserve to be number nine. Number eight. Solo, Kira snubs Han. This is when she oh. turns it back on him and trades on him. Eh, whatever. That shouldn't be higher than fucking Anakin, you're my brother. Number seven, uh, Rogue One, Galen Orso's death. Yeah, not yeah. more than Anakin. New Hope, uh, number six, Obi-Wan Kenobi's death. Okay, I'll buy it. Number five, Emperor Shrek back, Han Solo and Carbonite. Again, I think you and my brother is better than that one. Four, Darth Vader's Return of the Jedi funeral pyre. For sure, very, very sad portion of Star Wars universe. Number three, The Force Awakens. Han Solo gets skewered. For sure, there's to be Definitely. Definitely. Number two, Last Jedi, Luke Skywalker's death. Agreed. It wasn't, yeah, but it, uh, I don't think it deserves to be number two, but it's up there. And then number one, I disagree with uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Leia's Lay is, Lay is death. Lay is death. Yeah, I agree with you only because we knew it was going to happen because she wasn't around anymore. If she was still around and they did that to her, I think it would be you know, up there. But yeah, I don't think she should have been number one, Yeah, in my opinion. Here are a list of all, all, all the upcoming Star Wars movies and shows. Um, let's see what we can find. Come on. Hit the X. There we go. No, I don't want any cookies. Come on. <laughs> Number 10, Mandalorian Season 3. Not number 10, sorry. Mandalorian Season 3. Book of Boba Fett. Um, Ahsoka. Rangers of the New Republic. Minus Cardoon. Andor. Uh, Sith Acolyte. Which is Leslie Headland's show. Uh, Rogue Squadron. Which is Patty Jenkins' movie. Taika Waititi's untitled movie. Um, the Lando series. Visions, which we still don't know about anything about. And it's coming out right after Bad Batch. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, a droid story. Uh, untitled Ryan Johnson trilogy. Un- untitled J.D. Dillard feature film. Uh, let's see. I think that's it. Yep, that's it. So. Okay. We knew that. Shitty list. Yep. Moving on. Star Wars 10 best characters from Attack of the Clones. Number 10, Boba Fett. Number 9, Seath Rupio. I thought he was great in that movie. He really stole the show. 8, Palpatine. 7, Count Dooku. Twice the pride, double the fall. 6, Mace Windu. Uh, 5, Yoda. 4, Padme. 3, Django. Django got the shine in that movie, that's for sure. 2, Anakin. And number 1, Obi-Wan Kenobi. One of my favorite Obi-Wan Kenobi scenes was when he was uh, in the death stick scene in the bar. Hmm. You want to go home and rethink your life. Yeah. I want to go home and rethink my life. <laughs> Very true. Very true. J.J. Abrams says, working on a pre-existing franchise is a double-edged sword. Uh, did you read this article? I did. Uh, you know, I skimmed through it and saw what he was talking about, the fact that uh, you know, he knew he was potentially going to get rigged over the coals because he's working in a very established universe uh, and is not going to make everybody happy. And it becomes a very difficult thing to do. But here's the problem. You know, unless you're working on a completely unknown property that you're developing yourself, then you'll have no expectations going into a movie. But if you're working on something that's been well established, that's been there for a significant period of time that people really love and people have investments in it. And you don't deliver the goods 100% or even 90, 90%, you're going to get beat up about it. Yeah. Um, you're not too far off with your uh, your take on this whole article. So uh, good on you, Doc. Uh, little news has come out about the High Republic. You want to touch base on it? You're on mute. I said, uh, how about we pass on the High Republic tonight? All right, hard pass. Why uh, Vader uses a different form? We did that already. Um, hard pass, JJ. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to say now, I totally had a brain fart. Uh, basically, let's see. You want, to do, you want to do from a certain point of view? you have a topic? Because I do not. Uh, let's see. Topic from a certain point of view. Who failed Palpatine's plan the most? Kylo Ren, Ray, Luke, or Han? Uh, reasons for the smile by Kenobi and A New Hope during the duel with Vader. Uh, well, we kind of talked about that t- two weeks ago where... You know, did he willingly give himself to the force? And that's the reason why he did do it. Or was he, you know, master manipulating, which we've talked about in the past before as well, Luke Skywalker? It's, it's kind of hard to say. It's probably a little bit of both. Okay. Uh, there was also uh, some other thing uh, saying that seeing that Luke and Leia found each other and they were, they were finally reunited. Uh, and he knew that there was a higher chance... Uh, that the rebellion would win with Luke and Leia working together. It's also worth noting that one of the very few people who knew they were they were related. 
So that's the reason. Or it could have been he was just trolling Vader. What do you think? Um, <laughs> that would be great if he was really trolling Vader because that just shows that he's the ultimate fucking gangster. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I, um, I, th- I think we're going to explore a lot of these these little Kenobi uh, tidbits and you know little drops in the in the Kenobi series. I think you know the, the people who are doing it are smart enough to 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 know that there's so much like you know low hanging fruit and 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 loose ends that they're going to tie them up. Uh, I think I'm with you on that one. I think they not only tie them up, but I think they're going to add a lot of uh, meat to the bone of the character that's already present and all these little uh, tropes and nuances and all that stuff are just going to continue to add to the legacy of Sir Alec Guinness and Ewan McGregor's portrayal as Obi-Wan Kenobi, which will obviously be, I don't want to say finalized, but maybe fully fleshed out in this uh, upcoming Kenobi series on Disney+, Plus, which I can't wait for. So, Anything else you want to add, Doc? Nah, man, I think we're good tonight, buddy. Yeah, I think so, too. So, uh, Spiro, let them know where they can find you at. Yeah, man, it's been great. But you can also find me every Friday on the on the Rational Rage podcast on the Rational Rage Network. The show's gone through a bit of an evolution. It's no more anger-filled rant fest about politics because that shit just does no good to anybody's soul. It just divides us all. So now it's just a show where people come on, they hang out, we have a few drinks and we talk about anything. Uh, on Instagram, Spiro underscore A, Darth underscore Spiridon. That's it, guys. All right, Doc, you're up. You can find me at Dr. D-R underscore Destroyo, D-E-S-T-R-R-O-Y-O, Instagram, Alex Royo, Facebook, Alex Royo MD on the Twitter. Find me at Grigat Papadon on Twitter and Instagram, Demetrius Papadon on Facebook. Grigat Papadon is the YouTube channel. Please go watch my matches and promos. Like the channel, subscribe, hit the notification bell, comment, all that stuff that you're supposed to do. Um, you go to Pro Wrestling Tees slash Greek Papadon, get my t-shirts. You'll be the coolest looking kid, cool, blah, 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 the coolest looking kid in the remote school. Uh, but more importantly, you can find the three of us together at, at NFO underscore podcast on Twitter. Um, Official New Force Order on Facebook and New Force Order on Instagram. And the email address, newforceorder at yahoo.com. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for another exciting edition of uh, an action-packed episode of the New, 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 new Force Order. For life. Come on, guys. That's just too sweet. Revenant's cannon. You know it. Come on, guys. Hands forth, execute order NF. I'm a dark lord who's got no competition. I'm not what you call a politician. Cause I didn't run for my position. I took it with the force. It's strong with this one. So don't be shocked when you're my next victim. Many rebels left our lord at 66 of Do it like moisture farmers with good income. You'll no longer be in existence. Your hatred is only gonna make you strong. I wanna plot twist, I am your father. Now do my bidding, band the border. All I wanna hear from you is... And if your name is Luke, can I ask for a hand?
tell me where is the rest of your pitiful little band? Cut me in half, I'll come back from the dead. Then at long last, the sin will have never end. Our love is a war in the stars tonight, and the dark side has come to shut off the light. Wanna make a deal, strike the bargain right. Otherwise, sweet dreams in that carbonite. Uh oh, solo's triggered. Sorry, hon. Careful where you put your next target on. Don't make me drop a grandma parking bomb with my fire rod. Watch out, on the It's a threat, Darth. Even if I give you a parsec head start, you'll get as far as a second Death Star. This ain't a pod race, but you wanna bet the dice might be rigged. Have you rolled them yet? Mess with the rebels and you're in overhead. I'll be the Sarlacc to your Boba Fett. I'm like Yoda with oversized robes, and yet I took down an empire, never broke a sweat. I'll destroy your war machines and battle droids. I'm the reason Palpatine has a roid. Yeah, I'm a little short for a stormtrooper. I only stand out 'cause I'm not a poor shooter. Check me, Vader. You can say goodnight now. Kenobi's status got the high ground. Scheming like a hologram, 'cause I'm seeing right through all your plans. Meanwhile, I'll raise a bar like a Skywalker, 'cause I hate losing more than Chewbacca. From Kashyyyk to Tatooine, Kamino sees Endor's forests. Jakku's heat. I bring swag like a fashionable Naboo queen. Trapped between red and green, blast the beam. It's a tragedy that I had to trash your fleet, 'cause now we have to clean up that debris. This galaxy ain't safe for traitors. Now let's see the color of your lightsabers. Hey guys, you made it this far of the video, so you must have enjoyed the song. We thank you for that. And if you would like to, please drop a like and subscribe if you haven't already. That helps us out a lot.、Uh, we will keep making video game music for the coming weeks, months, years. So、uh, we hope to keep you entertained over that time. Please like and follow all our social media pages. Check out our merch. Links are all below. And、uh, yeah, hope you enjoy this. I mean, Star Wars. I know there's that whole EI fiasco, but it's still Star Wars. Dice made a great game. I'm having fun with it. Uh, go check out our gameplay as well. You know, it's Star Wars. What else is there to it?